Terry and Jesse show, two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. This is High Energy Catholic Radio. Put your seatbelts on. We've got a good show today. Terry, I'm on duty. What about you? Yeah, but they're working on it. Jess, uh, I'm do- I'm on duty too. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited. I'll tell you why. Every time Father Frank Pavone comes on and I hear a priest speak like he does, it always inspires me to hear a priest who knows his faith so well and is willing to say things that many of them won't say. So I'm looking forward to having him on the first segment. Mm-hmm. Also, our second segment. Also, Jesse, you picked a great article. Archbishop Vigano Worth World Health Organization Treaty is an attack on national sovereignty and part of a global coup. Uh, yeah, the Catechism of the Catholic Church supports Archbishop Vigano. I'm going to show you that when we go to that. And then, of course, Dr. McClue, he says, medical crisis is being exploited to push global government. This is all against what Catholic Church teaches on subsidiarity, and we'll get into that. And the final uplifting thing that we've got is a belief in the afterlife. If we can get to that, just showing how from, from day one, man knew there's an afterlife. That's just how it works. Yeah. So we can talk about that. But, you know, Jess... Uh, I know your soul food, yeah. Yeah, soul food is where we're going first before we get to all of this. And then this quote I have with Bishop Sheen from a POW. Holy mackerel, you guys are going to love this one. So let's get some soul food in us, Jess. I also have a couple of need to know files oh, after, know after, the, awesome. after the soul food. Awesome. I want to do today's first reading. It's got a lot of meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. First reading from today at Holy Mass. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 16, verses 22 and following. The crowd in Philippi and Silas and the magistrates had them stripped and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After inflicting many blows on them, they threw them into prison and instructed the jailer to guard them securely. When he received these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and secured their feet to a stake. That's, by the way, what they used to do to the prisoners of war in Vietnam and in Korea to our American prisoners. Uh, it's talking about Paul and Silas here as they're preaching the gospel. Notice the way physically they were beaten by Jesus Christ. And I just say, I highlight this because sometimes a lot of us think, oh no, we're being persecuted. And there is a white you know, per- martyr that's going on in the country. Sure. But boy, oh boy, when you read some of the things in the Acts of the Apostles, they were mm-hmm. going through red martyrdom. Amen. And, uh, and, and, and what were they doing? Were they, uh, did they have Tourette syndrome? Were they saying bad words? Were they dropping F-bombs? No. Look what it says what they were doing in the midst of being beaten and tortured. It says this. About midnight, while Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. See? No Tourette syndrome. They were singing hymns to God in the midst of, of their feet being secured with jail cells <laughs> at stakes and being beaten with rods. Okay? And notice, when did they start singing God at midnight? So Catholics quit saying, oh, no, midnight is the witching hour. It's Satan's hour. It's the witch. No, it isn't. <laughs> midnight is when Paul and Silas began singing to God. So don't, you know, don't give the devil more than he deserves. Oh, midnight is the devil's hour. No, it's not. According to the book of Acts, this is when you should be waking up and praising God in song. It says this. As the prisoners listened, obviously, to Paul and Silas singing hymns to God, there was suddenly such a severe earthquake that the foundations of the jail shook. All the doors flew open and the chains of all were pulled loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. Hmm. So notice what happened. 
This is a form of of liberation from the devil. Because what does the devil do? He he takes us captive and he makes us prisoners of war to sin and in bondage. Amen. How did Paul and Silas break this bondage, this diabolical bondage? They did it by praising God in song and singing to God and praying to God in vocal prayers. This is why the Jews have always said in Psalm 22 that God comes down and inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22. We continue. So the prisoners, uh, the, the soldier is about to kill himself because he's thinking that the prisoners are going to escape because he saw the jail, the jail cells uh, you know, just burst wide open miraculously. So it says here, But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, we are here. He asked for a light and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> the million-dollar question. Yeah, you got it. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice not Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, Gandhi, Zoroaster. Nope. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. Now, the word believe means to trust in God, to rely upon God, and to obey God in Greek. That's what the word believe means. And notice the, the patriarchal salvation here. When the man of the house believes, look at what the Bible says, that salvation comes down to the entire house. In other words, the father, the patriarch, becomes the channel of grace for the entire house to save the house. That's in the Bible. Yep. So they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to everyone in his house. He took them in at that hour of the night and bathed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized at once. He brought them into his house and provided a meal with his whole house, and his whole household rejoiced. And having come to faith in God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a reading. Good stuff. Good stuff. You're not yep. kidding, Jess. Yep. Love there, it. You, you got some need to know stuff? Well, I want to get you to get the need to know. No, I actually. Okay. I, I have you, a few. Go ahead, yeah, brother. I have a few. So, need to know file. There's a peer-reviewed study covering 35 European countries, which indicates that countries with high levels of mass compliance did not perform better than those countries with low mask usage. Moreover, the moderate positive correlation between mask usage and deaths in Western Europe also suggests that the universal use of masks may have had harmful unintended consequences. You think? Terry, we knew that all along. Of course, yes. Here's another need-to-know file. Bill Maher, basically a, you know, a man of the left, a liberal comedian, on Friday confronted the LGBTQ movement leaders for pushing puberty blockers and other dangerous medical interventions on children. He said, it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. Bill Maher, who holds the H who hosts a weekly HBO show, said, we're literally experimenting on children. He cited scientific studies that found that giving puberty blockers to children hinders the development of bone density and renders patients infertile. He said, Wayne trade-offs is not bigotry. So uh, I congratulate him, Ruben, I mean, Terry, because... Uh, it looks like he's starting to develop some common sense. Also, need to know file. There's a bill to forbid flushing babies. Rep, rep, uh, Representative Jim Banks from Indiana on Wednesday introduced a bill that would ban abortionists and abortion clinic workers from disposing of so-called medical waste, including the remains of preborn babies, in public waterways. Representative Jim Banks, Republican, stated that the practice of tossing unborn remains into public water systems is barbaric and that if the American public knew about it, they would be disgusted and horrified. Another need to know file. GOP proposes women's bill of rights. Republicans on Thursday morning introduced a women's bill of rights, which would affirm biological differences between the two sexes 
and enshrine women's legal rights in federal law. Uh, Representative Debbie Lesko, Republican from Arizona, said, I'm, in, I'm proud to introduce the Women's Bill of Rights to, to affirm the importance of acknowledging women and their unique and distinguishing characteristics and contributions to our nation. Last need to no file, state of emergency in El Paso, Texas. Yep, El Paso, Texas is preparing to formally declare a state of emergency in response to an ongoing surge of illegal border crossings. The surge of illegal migrant traffic is expected to become catastrophically worse after the Biden administration's planned recession, a rescission of Title 42. El Paso city officials have asked the mayor to sign an emergency declaration, which the city council is expected to vote on next week. So, Terry, even a lot of people on the left are starting to exercise common sense now. And, Jesse, I do have some good news. I think it's good news when you get persecuted for speaking for the truth. Whoopi Goldberg launches a bizarre attack on Archbishop Cote de Leon over the uh, Pelosi's Holy Communion ban. And then I like this one. Virginia judge rules sexually explicit LGBT books are too obscene for school libraries. So this is just, you know, some people are just having common sense on all this. So it's all good. Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Archbishop Sheen, you know, he's been dead, what, 42 years? We bring him back every day here on Virgin Most Powerful with his train ride. And he's always got someone different on the plane, on the train each week. And this particular time, he's got the Colonel James Nick Rowe. He was a POW from 1963 to 1968, five years in prison, right, with the commies. And Bishop Sheen obviously had written against communism most of his life. So here's what the colonel shared with Bishop Sheen that I'm going to share with you. The enemy will never realize how much I thank them for taking everything material away from me and reducing me to the point where I didn't have anything but faith in God. I had a chance to look at myself and realize that you can do things you never realized were possible. The point here, Jesse, <clears throat> is this. This is Colonel's statements got into uh, manuals for our military. So I, I use this for myself. If we ever have to have persecution <clears throat> and they take everything away, which it could happen. I'm going to remember the Colonel's words. Thank the enemy for taking these things away from me. Because now I'm going to focus on God, which they can't take away. That's my take on that, Jess. Yeah, Terry, when you're stripped of everything, yep. you know, once and, and there, you have nothing. <clears throat> That's right. You, you realize that the only the most important thing on planet Earth is the salvation of your soul yep. by knowing and uniting yourself with Jesus Christ. Everything else at that moment really becomes irrelevant. All everything you've done, your accomplishments, all your you know, your past achievements, this, that, and the other. <laughs> the only mo- th- the thing that really counts is the moment that you're dying is if you're dying in friendship with God or an enemy of God. That's all that matters. Amen. When we come back, Father Frank Pavone, Priest for Life, will give us his take regarding Archbishop Cordelion and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. We are, even on these topics, too blessed to be stressed. No, I'm not stressed about it. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. Father Frank Pavone will be with us shortly. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to the Terry and Jesse show. We have one of our favorite priests on the line, <laughs> Father Frank Pavone. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. 
Hope you're doing well. And uh, give us an update, Father, on what's going on with uh, with the Washington politics, Roe versus Wade, the Catholic faith. Uh, give us a, a, an overview since you've got this, you seem to have your finger on the pulse. Well, it's good to be back with both of you. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Of course, the court is poised to overturn Roe versus Wade. And of course, this has been a key goal of the pro-life movement for 50 years now. And uh, it's going to happen. It, uh, the justices are, are finalizing the decision. And despite this leak, which was meant to pressure some of them to change their minds, they have not changed their minds. They're going forward. And, uh, you know, in fact, this really has backfired in such a way that uh, uh, pro-life people and uh, the rest of the, the country is seeing the difference between the two sides. You know, we have a respect for the norm of law and we have a respect for the democratic process by which we make laws. The other side, they just want things imposed. Roe v. Wade imposed the policy on the country, didn't let the lawmakers debate it and work it out with the representation of their people's views. They, the other side is too lazy for that. They, they're, they're, they're too stupid for that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do the painstaking work that adult Americans engage in when we make laws and policies. We persuade, we debate, we have hearings, we collect evidence, we go back and forth, and that we have amendments, and the lawmakers make laws, and later they can change them. And no, what they did was they imposed a policy on the country from unelected judges, and now that that's being taken away from them, all they can do is, is respond like... Uh, like spoiled children. So that's one thing regarding the Supreme Court. And the other big thing, of course, is the, you know, we've got some prominent Catholics in Washington, D.C., or at least they like to call themselves that. And uh, the church uh, and some of the leaders of the church are pushing back now on their pro-abortion uh, stance. People like Pelosi in particular, uh, or my friend Archbishop Cordelione, I go back 25 years with him, we were in Rome together. We worked wow. at the Vatican together uh, back in the late 90s. And uh, so now as Archbishop of San Francisco, he has said to Pelosi, okay, enough is enough. You can't receive communion until you change your, your views because you're causing scandal. Plus you're putting yourself in danger. And this is the kind of leadership people want. They're thirsting for it. Amen. Father Frank, I had Bishop Strickland on yesterday. It'll be broadcast next Tuesday. And he was very strong on the support for Archbishop Cordelione, but he made a comment. He said, you know, I still, I ask my brother bishops, we should have all of the bishops, maybe 13 that didn't uh, want to support it, but, you know, 277 should be out, you know, supporting Archbishop Cordelione. And I, I ask you because Jesse and myself were in um, Baltimore, Maryland back in November, and we gave a presentation there, both of us, and at that document, at that time, Bishop Strickland asked the bishops in a closed-door session to make, this, make it very clear and have one unified statement that we should not be giving Holy Communion to uh, these people who are openly pro-abortion for killing unborn babies. And the U.S. bishops documented, their document came out, they wouldn't do what Bishop Strickland asked, but to read this, what they did say I just don't get why they can't take it to the next step and implement it. They said this, to receive the body and blood of Jesus while in the state of mortal sin represents a contradiction, the document states. The person by his, by his or her own action has broken communion with Christ and the church 
but receives the Blessed Sacrament, acts incoherently, both claiming and rejecting communion at the same time. It is thus a countersign, a lie, expressed a communion that, in fact, has been broken. Father, I'm just saying, okay, I agree with that. It is, but... But what are we going to do about it? So I just, I don't want to get you in any hot water. But as lay people, we're looking for that kind of leadership, like Bishop Strickland or Bishop Cordelione and others who are saying, it's time to call them out out of an act of charity for the salvation of their soul. What do you say? You know, the uh, each bishop is in charge of his own diocese. Right. So, so, you know, sometimes we put too much uh, importance on uh, the bishop's conference. It, it exists for a reason. It can be helpful, but it can also be a hindrance. And I think too many of these bishops, I mean, they're convinced of what you just read, but they're always looking over their shoulder. What's the other bishop doing? Or what's that bishop doing over there? If I do something, am I going to stick out like a sore thumb? If I do something, but the other brothership doesn't do something, is that now disunity among the bishops? It's like, would you stop worrying about all that stuff? God isn't asking you to solve the problems of the world. He's asking you to govern your own diocese Amen. and shepherd the souls that are right there under your care. And I think if more bishops just take that approach and say, listen, I don't have to make this work out perfectly. Okay, I'm not responsible for the actions of the other guy. I'm responsible for to shepherd this diocese. Each bishop is, is, is answerable directly to the Pope, not to the bishop's conference. Right. So I think this is part of what's getting in the way. Got it. Uh, another thing that's getting in the way is, is just too much loyalty uh, to the Democrat Party. Cut the ties. You know, some of these Democrat politicians, you know, they like to boast about how Catholic they are and, oh, you know, we're helping the church and there's this social program and that thing over there. And all right, well, it might be a lot of good work, but if you're killing babies, you've spoiled all your good work. Exactly. Uh, God, God isn't too happy with any of it. So, I mean, the point is that, uh, you know, why uh, do we have to let the tail wag the dog? If, if Democrats want to cooperate, uh, with, uh, I'm, then I'm talking about some of these powerful politicians. Sure. They want to cooperate with certain social programs of the church. All well and good. We welcome the collaboration, especially if they are Catholic. But, you know, don't use that as an excuse for uh, 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 expecting us to be silent about the killing of babies. That, that just doesn't work. And, uh, but too many of the bishops let it work in their own particular case and they've got to they've got to stop doing that. I agree. Yes, I'm reading here that there are uh, 290 current bishops in the U.S. and 194 head dioceses in the United States. Uh, there's a lot of retired bishops as well and, and cardinals. Uh, I know. I think a lot of lay people would, would like to see more than 13 people stand up mm. and support uh, Archbishop Corleone. But like you said, Father, ultimately. Every one of them governs their own diocese. They're like the Pope of, yes. diocese, of their diocese, and they're not answerable to the conference or the bishop's office. They're answerable directly yeah. to the Pope. And one of the good things is that Pope Francis has made some very strong statements against abortion. He just did on Sunday. He, uh, really? He In fact, to be honest with you, and this is surprising to me, he's probably made stronger statements on abortion than his, his predecessor since, uh, since the Vatican II. I mean, he says... Uh, Having an abortion is like hiring a hitman. Uh, very strong statement. So one of the good things that I like that Archbishop Corleone did is he couched a lot of his arguments on the statements made by Pope Francis. So I think he covered his base as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, and, I, and I think he was shrewd to do that. What say you? 
Uh, yeah, that's right. I noticed that right away. And, you know, Pope Francis also has spoken very clearly about the fact that those who are outside of the community, and, and, and he was referring to the uh, not sharing the, the convictions and beliefs that Catholics identify themselves with, one of which, of course, is being clearly against abortion. Well, then they cannot receive communion because they're out of the community. So, you know, Pope Francis often talks in a very, very, you know, direct common sense way. And uh, that's where the power of many of his statements on abortion comes from. Uh, a, a lot more um, uh, formal statements are made in his various documents that he has come out with. Very, very, even the document on the encyclical, you know, which is gotten so much attention and is so much a focus of study and discussion, uh, he says in that document on the environment, he says, look, we, we can't expect to be pro uh, protecting and being ca caring for all different species of, of animals in the environment if we can't care for the human embryo. Mm. Everything is connected, he says. So, uh, you know, I've talked to Pope Francis like about five times uh, about my pro-life work, and he's given me his blessing many times. He's He is on board with, I mean, he would say, he said, he, he would, you know what he would say if he was in this discussion, he'd say, how, why would you even ask me, you know, if I'm, if I'm against abortion, I'm a son of the church, you know, Amen. of course I'm, I'm, I'm on that page, you know, and he has said that publicly. So yeah, he, uh, you know, and, and the archbishop was, 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 was uh, wise to, uh, you know, make that connection for people because not because the archbishop thinks that, you know, that is the, 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 the core of the strength of his message. You know, oh, I, you know, I have to quote the Pope. You know, I, I think it would be uh, more helpful if more of these bishops in their documents would quote Jesus a little bit more <laughs> than they quote the, even the Pope. Man. But, but what, what, what the Archbishop, I think, is doing there, and I, again, this is just my, my speculation, I haven't talked with him about it, is, uh, but I think what he's doing is trying to counteract those in the church who would try to create a false opposition right. between Pope Francis and the actions of some of our our, our more uh, outspoken pro-life bishops. F Father, would you agree that by Archbishop um, Cordelion's statements that that sends a strong message to Catholics and non-Catholics really about the clarity that we teach about Holy Communion, because I was at lunch or breakfast Saturday with non-Catholics, and they all were very impressed that the Archbishop said this. And so what I'm asking is, there are many not many Catholics who say, I've read it on the internet, hey, I'm Catholic, but I'm pro-choice. I can still go to communion. No one's going to stop me. But it just seems to me that for clarity purposes, they need to know that they're putting their soul into danger when they yeah. say that. Yeah, if they're pro-choice, they really shouldn't be no. approaching the Eucharist. Uh, and 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 the reason is, you know, and, and and you know, some of these, you know, you wonder why some bishops and even some cardinals yeah. object to this, and they say, oh well, we, you know, we're we're well, weaponizing yeah. the Eucharist or using it as punishment. Are these guys have these guys stopped thinking? <laughs> they stopped thinking. I mean, what what happens with these these men? Jesus says this in Scripture. He says, when you go to the altar, yeah. If you recall that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Because remember, when we go to Mass, when we go to communion, it's not just to receive. 
We're there primarily to, to give, to sacrifice. We're joining in the sacrifice of Christ. The priest says, pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours Amen. may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father, right? When he's praying yeah. over the bread and wine. So we are all there to offer a sacrifice to the Father in union with Christ. Okay, so Jesus says, when you come to offer your gift, and you're not reconciled with your, your brother, go first and be reconciled. Leave your gift at the altar. Go first, be reconciled, and then come and offer your gift. Because then the offering of your gift is what we might say is, is integral. You know, it's, I want reconciliation with God. That's why I'm offering the gift. And, and I'm already reconciled with my brothers and sisters because the great commandment is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So the, the two are connected, as Jesus said. Amen. That's the basis for all of this. So you go to the altar and, you know, Pelosi wants to go to the altar and she went again after, even after this happened with the archbishop, right? Oh, no. She went again yeah, and received, received communion. Father Frank, give me a minute. We're going to take a yeah. quick break. I want to give a plug to Priests for Life people because you need to be supporting this man's work for the years. He's been saving lives of babies and he's still doing it today. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be right back after Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone is with us, and I just want to, before I let him go, I have to have him give a plug for all the good work that they're doing and the resources that are available, especially with the midterm coming up. Uh, Father, tell us how people can support your ministry, please, before I let you go. Well, on the topic we were just discussing, I have a special website, abortionandcommunion.com. Mm -hmm. This brochure, pro-abortion Catholic politicians and communion, 10 things you need to know. I have. So abortionandcommunion.org. Yep. Endabortion.us is our main website. And Terry, as you know, there's a donate button there yep. and people can get our emails and, and, and we're, a we're a whole family of ministries at Priests for Life. So there's <laughs> something for everybody. Endabortion.us. Father, I have that document right here in my studio. You get, folks, let me make a suggestion. You write a little donation to Father Frank Pavone just as a, say, hey, keep up the good work. He sends you back all this pro-life literature. I didn't even ask for it all. But you know what, Father? That's how I give it out, and I appreciate you doing that. So, And also, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful. Absolutely. Anytime. God bless you God both. You. Keep up the great work. You got it, thank Father. You, Father. Thanks so much. God bless you, too. Jesse, we're going to shift gears to Archbishop Vigano right now. This is an amazing article I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, well, go ahead and hit it, Jess, because this is a powerful, you know, yeah, LifeSite News, who's, uh, they're very connected with Archbishop Vigano, which is a good thing for us because yep. they're friends of ours. Yep. Archbishop Vigano uh, says that the World Health Organization Treaty is an attack on, on a national sovereignty, part of a global coup. Mm -hmm. uh, the global health governance is one of the fundamental elements of the new world order, and as such, it must be rejected. By the way, this whole new world order... This is a Freemasonic idea, if yep. you're wondering. And truth be told, this sets us up for the coming of the Antichrist, this New World Order. It says here, in the coming days, the nations that adhere to the World Health Organization will vote on resolutions regarding the World Health Organization's management of pandemics. These resolutions will transfer sovereignty regarding the health of citizens to a supranational body 
that is largely financed by pharmaceutical industry and the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates Foundation. If these resolutions are approved by majority, the World Health Organization will have exclusive international authority in the case of a pandemic to impose all the rules, including quarantines, lockdowns, obligatory vaccinations, and vaccine passports. It should also be borne in the mind that this organization enjoys immunity and thus its members cannot be either tried or convicted if they commit crimes. Unelected technocrats will paradoxically have more power than, than that which citizens confer on the representative by means of their democratic vote. Given that the yielding of sovereignty is considered the crime of high treason by the laws of every nation and that parliaments may not legislate against the interests of the nation, much less violate the natural liberties and fundamental rights of the persons whom they represent, Vigano says, I believe that it will not escape anyone's notice that this attempt by the World Health Organization to appropriate a power that properly belongs to individual nations is intended to impede any sort of opposition to the Agenda 2030, which in the field of healthcare also aims to accomplish the drastic reduction of medical and hospital services, the privatization of the health industry, and disease prevention by means of vaccines. So what does all this mean? Essentially, that Joe Biden, the man in the White House right now, is the one responsible. He wants to hand out American sovereignty or American medical sovereignty. He wants to hand this out, Terry, to the World Health Organization and they would con- they would be sovereign to make laws that would affect everybody on planet Earth, and we as Americans would lose our individual mer- medical sovereignty to make our own medical decisions. And he's that's gonna, what this means. Absolutely, you're going to continue in this article, but I want to give some information why we say that Archbishop he's right. He's right with the Catholic Church. Paragraph 1883 talks on subsidiarity. It says two things. Says socialization also presents dangers. Excessive intervention, like we're doing right now by the state, can threaten personal freedom. Okay? And initiative. The teachings of the church have elaborated in the principle of subsidiarity, according to which a community of higher order should not interfere in the internal life of the community, of a lawyer lower order, like they're doing right now, depriving the later of the function, but rather should support it. In the, need, in the case of need and help to coordinate its activity with activities for the rest of society. And here's the point. Always with the view of the common good. Check this paragraph out, everybody. This supports Archbishop, uh, the, the Archbishop here's statements. 1885 paragraph. The principle of subsidiarity is opposed to all forms of collectivism, which is this. It sets limits for the state intervention, which he's doing. This is what our president is doing. It aims at harmonizing the relationship between individuals and societies. It tends towards the establishment of true international order. So I just wanted to back the archbishop statements with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Vigano is spot on. And then he ties it into the pandemic treaty empowers criminals who... State that who over nations. This is, again, an overstep. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, he says the cycle pandemic... Has psycho, I love that. I know, I do too. Psycho has demonstrated the enslavement of rulers, the political system, the media, the judiciary, the entire medical industry, yes, and even the Holy See itself, right? To the diktats, what a diktat is a decree by a dictator, by the way. Yep, it's a law by a dictator. To the diktats of a group of functionaries 
of supranational entity that has a blatant conflict of interest. The disastrous adverse effects of the experimental mRNA serum are now only being recognized while there are many who, right, who rightly expect that those responsible for these decisions ought to be held accountable before an independent court. Here's my comment. Yeah. Many patriots, conservatives, and people of faith, like Terry and myself, yep. believe that crimes against humanity have been and are being committed by these globalists like Gates, Fauci, Klaus Schwab, etc. They must be tried for crimes against Amen. humanity. Amen. Uh, Vigano says in the article, it therefore sounds absurd to say the least that there's now a desire to give, bind, to give binding decision-making power to the World Health Crazy. Organization. Yeah. When in its management of the recent pandemic emergency and the vaccine campaign, the greatest damage was done in terms of the number of deaths and of patients who have suffered permanent damage to their health. In addition to the impunity it employed for the crimes, it has committed thanks to the silence of the mainstream media. The World Health Organization has, has, to, has also total discretion over how to respond to the upcoming emergencies that are obviously being planned by the pharmaceutical lobby. Terrible. The marginalization of health personnel who appeal to the Hippocratic Oath risk becoming the norm by which to eliminate every voice of dissent. Let me My just, comment is yeah, this, yeah. The leftist globalists have shredded That's right. the Hippocratic Oath yeah. just like they're trying to shred the Constitution, yeah. Terry. And I wanted to mention some people that Hippocratic, you should do no harm to your patient. And that's why it's against the Hippocratic Oath to be doing these things. In this regard, it is significant that nations that oppose the New World Order, it's interesting the nations that oppose, are you ready, everybody? Put your seatbelt on. Like Russia and Brazil, they're aware of the very serious consequences that the ratification of these resolutions would entail. And for this reason, they are opposed to this approval. Check this out, everybody. I'm not trying to be political, just the facts. During his term at office, President Donald Trump also sent an unequivocal signal, unequivocal signal by halting the funding from the U.S. Treasury to who? See, he did it, and that's why he's being paid back. They don't want him back. This was one of the reasons why the deep state blocked his reelection. Are you ready? In 2020, supporting a compromised and corrupt individual whose son Hunter is involved in financing American. Biolabs in the Ukraine. The truth comes out, Jess. That's right. Uh, Vigano says, I therefore express my full support for the citizens, especially scientists, doctors, and experts, legal experts, who are denouncing this threat to the national sovereignty of the adhering nations and who are asking for light to be shed on past events and on the consequences that the decision of the World Health Organization have caused for the health of the world population. I exhort heads of state and government leaders who will be called to express their views about the ratification of these resolutions to reject them. Yeah. Since they're contrary to the common good and intended to carry out the global coup that the World Health Organization and World Economic Forum have planned for years under the names of Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset. Yep. Man, this guy's so... This he's guy, spot on. He said it so succinctly, Jesse. Yeah, Terry. And he's politically and biblically sh as sharp as oh, attacked. Yeah. He says global health insurance is one of the fundamental elements of the New World Order, as has been made clear by authoritative experts who are not compromised with the system. And as such, it must be rejected and it must be opposed. The logic, control, profit, and mass pathologization must be replaced with a public health policy that has its primary goal, the health of citizens, and the protection of inalienable rights. Then he says, the Holy See must reaffirm rights, protect defenseless, 
the Holy See, which is a permanent observer at the UN and also at the WHO for one year now, has the duty to reaffirm the right of the individuals to accept or refuse health treatments, especially in the face of the concrete danger of adverse effects, which are still partly unknown. From this experimental genetic treatment, if up until now Bergoglio and his cabal have indulged the delusions of Gates, Schwab, and Soros, the time has come for the Catholic Church to defend the weakest, the defenseless unborn children and the elderly, as well as those being blackmailed by the cynicism of businessmen and conspirators in order to force them to be inoculated with a serum contaminated by aborted fetal cell. The present conspiratorial silence of the Vatican, after the hasty pronouncements it made at the beginning of the pandemic and its shameful endorsements of Big Pharma, will be imputed to the condemnation of the Roman Sanhedrin which has made itself an accomplice in a crime against God and man. Never in all of history has a hierarchy prostituted itself to temporal power in such a servile and abject way. Wow. Let us pray that some bishops will find the courage to distance themselves from Bergoglio's collaborationist line and find the words to open the eyes of, of those good people who have thus far been deceived by globalist propaganda. Terry, this man is a prophet for our time. John the Baptist, baby. I'll tell you why. Tell me. Number one, moral clarity. Number yeah. two, he speaks about the consequences of sin. Number three, he calls people to repentance. Number four, he leans heavily on God's word. Number <laughs> five, he lives in exile. That means he's a man on the run. Number six, he's persecuted by his own brothers. Number seven, he's a marked man for murder. Other than that, he's all right. But you know what that whole statement said? Danger, danger, danger. Yes. Thank you, Archbishop Vigano, for speaking the truth to all of us here and the Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Folks, I want to remind you this weekend, I'll be up in Sacramento for a Rosary for Priests rally. Join me. Just Google it. Father Don Calabay will be with us. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Well, Terry, we got another. We had to, we just spoke about a religious prophet, uh, Archbishop yeah. Vigano. Now you gotta, and now we got a po- kind of a political prophet. I call him a man of goodwill. I oh, call him a fellow God. traveler. He, I call him uh, just a man that's tracking in the right direction. Oh, Doctor yeah. Peter McCullough. Yeah. Uh, this guy's paid a price for speaking out so sure boldly. Has. He's uh, said that the medical crisis is being exploited to push global government. Him and Vigano are saying the same thing yes. from two different disciplines, one from a successor of the apostle, biblical, and one from a medical doctor. In fact, he's a world-renowned physician, and he's spoken prolifically about how to treat and not to treat COVID. Yep. But now he's cutting to the heart of what he believes is behind these harmful protocols. Yep. Dr. Peter McCullough uh, on, on Friday, Friday sketched what he believes is the, tr- is the, pr- the true purpose of an induced COVID medical crisis. He believes it's global world government. He nailed exactly what Vigano just said. Yep. Dr. McCullough, renowned physician and prolific author, said during the health conference, quote, reclaiming science together, held on Friday in Bath, England, said, what we're seeing now is the utilization of vaccines as an inroad to global human compliance, subjugation of the entire world's population at the same time via the same method, having our rights link to the end of a hypodermic needle. Since the early stages of COVID-19, McCullough has spoken regularly about the dangers of the COVID shots and about the suppression of effective early effect of early treatment for COVID. However, he's been mostly light-lipped on the reasons behind the seemingly ubiquitous push for dangerous jabs yep. and suppression of effective treatment. But now, during Friday's conference, he frankly described what he believes to be a sinister strategy 
behind the handling of the COVID crisis in service of a global malignant agenda. Him and Vegan are talking same the same page, language baby. now, Terry. Yeah, they're on the yeah. same page. He noted to the conference audience that just prior to his talk, he had given uh, podcast host Joe Rogan a copy of a recently published book that he wrote with John Leake titled, quote, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex, hmm. or we, we call it the pharmaceutical mafia. He explained that it deals with the crime of the suppression of early treatment, which he said was integral to create fear, suffering, hospitalizations, and deaths in order to prepare the world to accept mass vaccination. Terry, in other words, what he's saying, this is what Bill Gates was saying 10 years ago, depopulation by vaccination. This is what Dr. McCullough, now he's saying it, Terry. Now he's putting it out there. He's warning us. That these these globalists, this new world order elites, this is the plan to depopulate planet Earth. Another vaccination and another one and another one. Yeah, wake up, wake up, wake up. Um, Jesse, this is another man, like I say, he's on the same page as Archbishop Vigano. He says this, because those who are under the duress of taking vaccines are given the most agonizing decision, the decision to take a product they know will cause harm to their bodies or lose their livelihood or in some countries lose the type of government financial assistance or in some countries lose access to their bank accounts. He says he noted that vaccines are also being tight, uh, tightly tied to the ability to carry out social activities like going to school or to church. What, we, what we're seeing now is an attempt for the global world government through the context of medical crisis and the medical relief is what he's saying. And just here's what I was going to say. Dr. French, who we've had on many times, has said before 2020, we would look at benefits and causes. You know, when we would do medicine, we had a whole different approach. Now it's like 2020 comes in and we threw all of our medical knowledge out the door and said one size fits all. Well, it doesn't. That's right, Terry. And here you have a highly respected medical doctor. You sure do. And in the last segment, you have a, a successor of the apostles. Yep saying exactly the same thing about these medical dictators who are trying to control our lives. This is, they're just saying, you know what the great reset is? Archbishop Vigam told us. Yep. Communism. Yep. This course. is communism. Of course it is. And the only way communists have historically taken over countries is when they take over the field of medicine. Yep. That gives these globalist dictators a position of advantage over the people when they're able to control the health organization. Wow. Uh, Dr. McCullough says the next step in this process is the World Health Organization, yep. global treaty who will bind countries into this type of totalitarian servitude. He added, referring to the recently proposed amendments to the, to the World Health Organization's international health regulations that, again, Biden wants to sell us out to, that many have pointed out would compromise the sovereignty of nations in the case of a health emergency. Dr. McCullough says, in my view, the only court that's open now is the court of public opinion, uh, adding that for those online, he believes that our challenge is to make our case here, close quote. Yeah, Terry, this is why they want to control big tech, yeah. the left, the, the, the globalists. This way, the globalist elites will control the conversation, the narrative. And imagine these globalists, they were able to steal a presidential election 
and then cancel yeah. the most popular president in 60 years from the largest social media platform when he had more followers than any other person on planet Earth. Yeah, Jesse, just a quick note. Dr. Malone and Dr. McCulloch, a year ago, when was asked this question about, you know, conspiracy, you know, about the government, they were like, I can't buy that. But after all the evidence has come out in the year, they've changed their mind and said, you know what? They've red-pilled. I, I red-pilled. <laughs> you nailed it, Jess. That's a good yep. point. Yep. yep. So there you have Do- it. Yeah, Dr. McCullough further stated, he says, the sacrifices are just starting, and I think the stakes will get higher and higher. Yep. I think the vaccines are just one chapter in a very, very dark narrative that's being handed to us. Close quote. McCullough, Dr. McCullough then issued a rousing call to resist, the, to resist and fight the malevolent agenda behind COVID, Amen. the COVID-induced medical, social, and economic tyranny. Look at Terry. This last paragraph, he speaks like a prophet. Oh, big time. Yeah, he speaks like a vegan. I love this it. is Dr. McCullough says this, quote, If the entire world tomorrow rejected these vaccines, yes. uniformly rejected these vaccines, the entire dark plot would fall. And I encourage each and every one of you to have the strength and resolve beyond anything you think you could have possibly done in your life to make this the line. It has become clear. This is the line. It's only by holding the line that we actually stop this freight train. Right. There's a vaccine cabal, vaccine stakeholders. We know you're listening. And my message to you is that we're bold and we're relentless and we're unstoppable. And we have the truth and the truth will prevail. God bless. Amen. You. And you know, this man, he's a man of goodwill. And- yeah, he he's is. a fellow patriot and a fellow travel. God bless him and all those American frontline doctors who put their career on the line. And you know, Jesse, one thing they didn't point out that we've pointed out for two or three years now, two years at least, that is all these pharmaceutical companies coming out with these vaccines, they have no liability. They can't get sued. Can you imagine? In the past, these pharmaceutical companies were laying out billions of dollars of lawsuits. I read all about that. Mm-hmm. But what stopped in 2020... The government said, okay, produce these vaccines and you have no liability. Can you imagine buying a house with no guarantee that it, the house will stay together? No, you'd never do it. How about buying a car? No, but we're going to get let somebody put a needle in us and put some foreign object into our system with no guarantee? Is this microphone on, Jess? This is crazy talk. Terry, some of the people that are part of, in America, this globalist billionaires club that's, Mm -hmm. in fact, the New York Times, I I saved an article years ago. Yeah. They they talk about this annual globalist billionaire club meeting, (laughs) and they all have a history of of promoting abortion, eugenics, euthanasia. Yeah. And they use their vast fortunes to benefit groups like Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion business. Why? Because they want to reduce the population. Why? Exactly. Because they don't. Because they don't know Jesus Christ, who's the author of life, not death. These globalists, some of them that the Times mentions, are are Bill Gates, George Soros, Oprah Winfrey, Warren Buffett, Michael Bloomberg, Klaus Schwab, the medical dictator Anthony Fauci. They want to reduce the population through abortion, contraception, uh, imposing global warming, climate change, sustainable development laws. And who knows what else they have up their sleeve, Terry. But their goal is, let's just be honest, they plan on euthanizing the world slowly through these vaccinations because, but I, but global totalitarianism seems to be worse than the virus. Jesse, I hate to say this on a bad note, but keep our holy uh, church in your prayers because this came just across my tab. 
Pope Francis has appointed a pro-LGBT cardinal to be the new president of the Italian Bishops' Conference. Two years ago, the Masonic Grand Master praised him as a potential pope. Whenever I hear the world complimenting us for a decision, then especially we know Masons. the Masons, Masons, we're in trouble, man. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And then don't forget, folks, we got a couple minutes. Jess, let's end on a good note. We know with all this going on, we, we are in, sh- in good shape. Why? Because we have our Catholic faith. We know that if we live in that state of grace, if we live with the sacraments, receive Holy Communion, that none of us gets out alive. We're going to face judgment. And as long as we can say, hey, Jesus, I live for you. I've given everything over to you. The bad guys can't do anything. They can't touch your soul. No, they can't. Because you have free will to choose God. Yeah, don't be afraid of those that can kill the body. Only be afraid That's of that right. those that kill, kill the body and the exactly. soul. That's God. And as Catholics, remember this. Jesus says few will make it. Many are called, few are chosen. Make sure you're one of the few. How, how are you exactly. going to be one of the few? Make sure you live and die in a state of sanctifying grace. Make sure that you are running your domestic church. You're doing your duties, your daily duties, according to your state in life as a Catholic man, which means you're supposed to be praying at least three times a day, taking your family to Mass, making sure that you have a domestic house. The the house is adorned with sacramentals. The house is adorned with images and statues. Make sure you pray before meals. Make sure you're doing the daily rosary in that house. Make sure you're pushing everybody in the family to live in a state of sanctifying grace. Make sure what you're watching from television or listening to on the radio are things that are going to build you up, not tear you down. As Catholics, we have to do what the the first pope says. We have to flee the corrupt generation in this world. Amen. I want to remind you, Bishop Joseph Strickland's hour is coming up after their break for the Terry and Jesse show. I encourage you to hear a bishop. If you've never heard uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland, listen to this man speak about the catechism, about scripture, about the cultural issues of the day. He reminds me of Archbishop Vigano. As a matter of fact, he's the one bishop that consistently endorses Archbishop Vigano, even though it doesn't look good for him for his so-called career when he endorses Bishop uh, Strickland, endorses Archbishop Vigano. But you know what? He doesn't care. And it's nice to hear a bishop who doesn't put his finger up and say, which way is the wind blowing? Listen to it today on Virgin Most Powerful. We're picking up new stations every week. Uh, Catholics are saying, wait, we need to hear a strong bishop. Well, you got it. Bishop Joseph Strickland, the Bishop Strickland Hour comes on. And you can do that. If you can't get it on your station, get it from vmpr.org. Download our free app, and you can hear it anywhere. Jess, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. The, the, the cry of the Crusaders of the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. Christ conquered. Yes. Christ reigns. Christ commands. Don't you forget that. Let those words be burned in your heart. Christ conquers. Christ reigns. Christ commands. Let's pull no punches. Let's live for Jesus. Let's Amen. remember that we serve the Virgin, the Blessed Virgin Mary, a 12-star general. We have nothing to fear. Terry, take exactly. it Exactly. Don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray. Make reparation for the outrages that are going on in the world and in our church. You can be part of Team Jesus. God love you and your family.